0: This is Episode 291, Learning to Leave Bad Situations at the First Sign with Barbara. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. So happy to have you here. I love this community so much. Thanks to all of you who go and leave a rating or review of the show. That means so much. It just takes a second. If you haven't done that and you're a new listener or a longtime listener and you're and you're benefiting from this show, please just head over to iTunes or wherever you listen and give it a quick rating. And if you have time to leave a review, too, that would be amazing. And it really helps when you subscribe to the show as well. That just helps the podcast ratings and the algorithms and all those businessy things that I don't love, but you know, are a requirement to doing what I do. I'm sitting in my office looking outside at all the new growth that's happening. Maybe some of you heard that we had a big freeze here in Texas. I live in Austin, and it was really quite a tragedy. So many people were left without power, without heat, had pipes burst, had major flooding in their homes, didn't have water. It was amazing to see the community really rally around each other. We were blessed to have water, heat, and power and be able to help people who didn't. And the only thing that really we lost were our palm trees, which oh I loved my palm trees in my backyard. They were my little piece of California that I had here in Austin, Texas, but clearly palm trees, and we had some olive trees as well, aren't designed for freezing cold weather. And it got really, really cold here. However, so many of the trees are coming back and we had to have some landscaping people come over and cut back most of our trees and cut back most of our bushes because everything was just dead and brown. And it was so sad to watch them just cut away everything. And I remember looking outside and being like, oh, this is death. This is death. And it looked really barren for a while. And then just last week, all the green started to come in. All the trees are budding. That little sprouts are coming out in between what I thought were dead bushes, but they're not. They were just going through the seasons. They were going through a rebirth, and nature is such a beautiful metaphor for what we go through as humans because we are part of nature. We are animals. We may live in these concrete jungles and be addicted to these technology things, but at our root, we, we are animals and we are one with nature. And nature reminds us and seasons remind us that there are cycles in life. And we may be going through what seems like a death. We may be experiencing the loss of something or someone we love There may be a death to an identity, a death to a certain phase in our life, a a death to a relationship, and it may look really barren and it may be really sad and we may need to grieve. And alas, spring comes from that death, from cutting back all that no longer serves us, just like we had to cut back all those dead branches on our trees and bushes. We have to cut back what no longer serves us in life. And from cutting back and letting go, especially not hanging on to something after it's dead, really letting things go, then new life can come. And that's really what today's episode is about. Barbara is learning how to let go of patterns and relationships that no longer serve her. And she has a bit of a pattern of staying in things Long after they're dead, long after she's been given signs that hey, this is not in alignment with your life anymore, this is not life giving, this is actually depleting right now. But this pattern of trying and trying and trying to breathe new life into something that's already dead is a waste of our precious life force. So, if you can relate to maybe staying in situations or holding on to things or having a hard time with letting go, really resisting the natural death cycle, the winter cycle of life, then this episode's for you. As you're listening, consider, are you a natural nurturer or caretaker? So much so that it often depletes your own self-care. Is it hard for you to leave situations or relationships or let go of expectations you might've had of yourself or your life? And you just keep trying to make something work, even though deep down, you know, it's probably not going to. Do you feel like a doormat some of the times and like your needs come last? And when you do set boundaries and take care of yourself, do you then have guilt and concern about how the other person is doing more so than how you are doing? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my conversation with Barbara. Barbara, welcome to the show. How can I help?
1: Thank you, thank you. I wanted to talk about, first thought, like why am I so confused on what I should do? Um, why am I here in the first place? And um, if I should stick by my boyfriend mm. or if I should just move on. He was just, well, at the time that I had you know, requested to be on the show and talk to you, he was still hospitalized. Now he's out as of Tuesday. He was discharged from the hospital. So he went into the hospital because of what he was experiencing, like a manic-like episode. He is not diagnosed with bipolar or any mental health, anything. Mm -hmm. But, and that's another thing, like I know nothing really. Since he's been in the hospital, I know nothing at all. The family Mm -hmm. pretty much alienated me. Um, Me and the family used to talk all of the time spoken to them since he's been in the hospital, but they won't tell me much of anything about what's going on with him. Like if he's
0: been Mm. diagnosed
1: or what's going on and he won't talk to me Mm. neither, but I also don't know what his mental status is. So I don't know. I mean, I can get into all of the details. How long have you been with him? One year,
0: one year. Yeah. March made one year. If you just close your eyes for a moment, and you take a couple of deep breaths and you, you bypass your mind and you bypass any caretaking or people pleasing strategies and you bypass any fear and you go straight into your heart and your gut. What's the answer here for you? Is it in your highest good to continue this relationship? No,
1: yeah. um, no. And that was my fear. I was very fearful of coming to that. Yeah, my gut even initially it was, oh, oh, walk away, yeah, leave. My nurturing side made me feel so bad for leaving. At you know, I felt like you know, this is a very you know vulnerable time of his life. You know, he's down. He's not well. Right. Why leave him when he's in this state? And, and that's what I was fighting with. I'm right. like, but. Right. I know nothing. He won't speak to me. Well, it sounds so. like he's got
0: a protective family around him too. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said bypass that caretaker pleaser part because right. my intuition was screaming no, but I, it's not my job to tell people right. what to do. Um, right. But I felt the – just just your voice, Barbara, like you just have mm-hmm. this – you're a full heart loving Caring, I can just tell you're that kind of person, and that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. We just want to make sure that we're not putting ourselves in situations where we're not taking care of ourselves, right? So, right, I love that you love so deeply, I love that you love to nurture. Those are beautiful qualities about you, and we have to make sure Barbara's the first in line for those,
1: right? And I am in therapy, and I met with my therapist on Wednesday. And the questions that she asked me, it brought me to like, yeah, I have to Mm. move forward. I can't wait for him. And he's been out of the hospital now for four days. And still, I ended up speaking to his mother a couple of times. But again, those two times that I spoke to her, she was very like, oh, he sounds better. But, you know, he's still there. And it was no like, but is he asking about me? What's he saying about me? And I'd like to get into that part, too. Right before he went in the hospital, um, he he was actually like arrested and taken into the hospital because he was outside of his apartment naked, um, mm. pacing back and forth, saying that he wanted to kill me and that mm. um, he was afraid that I was going to kill him. So he said, I have to kill her first or she's going to kill me and my family, which, again, like I'm, I've never harmed this man a day in my life. I and I haven't. just. You know, I just thought that this was just all his like mental health. I stepped away so that, you know, he was ar- arrested and taken to the hospital on a Friday. I stepped away from him on a Tuesday. Yeah. So from Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, you know, he was just calling me, texting me a lot, saying a lot of mean things to me, sending me emails after I blocked him, yeah. just saying just really, really nasty things to me. And so mm-hmm. I just backed away and I kind of just handed him over to his family because for the past week before that. It was just very. It was tough, you know. And yeah, yeah. Um, so when he went into the hospital, um, I, I thought that like those three days that I wasn't around, I tried my best to communicate with his family and just tell them what was going on with him. And they were convinced that he was just having a bad day. And then suddenly they started thinking, oh, maybe he just got into some drugs. And, you know, he, this is a, he had some, like, synthetic marijuana or something. And this is the response. And I'm like, even if that's the case, he needs to get some help. He needs right. to go to the hospital. And they would not, like, force him to go or anything like that. And, and, and that was another reason why I'm like, I have to step back. And I'm thinking, like, are they upset with me?
0: For well,
1: stepping away, or like well,
0: what? Yeah, so not just step back, but like you said, step away. So let let me say a couple of things. First okay. of all, definitely compassion for him. Anyone with mental health issues, or someone that gets to that point, I have so much compassion for because mental health is mm-hmm. there's massive stigmas. It's it's misunderstood, um, and that doesn't mean that you need to put your own life at risk. It sounds like he's very unstable. Mm-hmm. And honestly, given what you said, he can't be in a relationship. He needs to focus on getting better. Right. And that has to be his primary focus. Right. And you need to focus on taking care of yourself, protecting yourself, and looking into, okay, what like pattern drew this relationship in, and how mm-hmm. do I put a firm line in the sand that I'm not a match for being threatened, that I'm right. not a match for being stonewalled, that I'm not mm-hmm. a match for being blamed or a scapegoat mm-hmm. for things. And I'm not in any way saying you attracted this into your life. I am no, saying I feel that. <laughs> Yeah. I am saying within everything in life there's a learning opportunity. I mean there's a learning opportunity in how we respond in traffic, right? There's there's just mm-hmm. something oh, yeah. to learn. So I want to ask you first I want to stand with you and say, Mm -hmm. Barbara, I feel the most self-honoring choice and the smartest choice, both from an emotional intelligence and like an intellect point of view and an intuition point of view, Mm -hmm. is to really cut this off. Like Mm -hmm. step away. I would even go as far as making sure that the threats that were made about you were documented so Mm -hmm. that there is record of that pray for him pray for his well-being let the hospital his practitioners and his family deal with him so that you are you know safe emotionally Brilliant. and physically and know that that's really honoring him too because a year isn't that long to be in a relationship it's not like right. you're with this man 20 years and have three kids he's he doesn't really have the bandwidth for a relationship right now And Mm -hmm. if his first impulse, it sounds like you're a trigger for him based on some of the things that were said, and that's not your fault. Um, it's just for whatever reason, you're a trigger and it's probably best for him and his recovery, not to have you there. Does Mm -hmm. does that make
1: sense? Yeah. And that is what is hardest for me to Mm. accept that it's, Like I was, I was there and I I thought that I was being very understanding and very, um, I thought I was helping, but that could have been the problem. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what
0: his issue is, but it could just be a bunch of trauma. Um, who, Mm -hmm. who knows? I can't, we can't, but oftentimes when someone is unstable, they have such low self-worth, their psyche is so injured in so many ways that love coming at them is actually terrifying. Yeah. And so they sabotage yeah, it, I felt they that. push it away. Yeah, okay, so see, you know, your mm-hmm. intuition's really spot on, you really oh, know. Yeah. And so know that given your mental state and your healthy mental state right now, a right. lot of this won't logically make sense because you did everything quote unquote right for someone who is mentally stable enough to receive it. Yeah. So there's nothing you did wrong. He's not wrong. I think that you're getting out of a situation that probably would have gotten worse. He oh, needs, yeah. you know, I'm glad he has family around him. I don't love that they're being as stonewall to you, but I think that's the I universe know. in a lot of ways protecting you and just yeah. giving you lots of signs of like, Barbara, like you're, you're done here. Mm-hmm. You're done here and it's time to focus on you.
1: So he is the youngest of five, mm-hmm. and his oldest sister has been kind of keeping me, like, updated as much as she can. And I, I talked to her this morning, actually. She called and asked me how I was doing, and I, I told her, like, I think I'm going to just go ahead and just move on. I I don't, you know, it's been weeks now. It's been, I mean, this happened March 19th. He went mm-hmm. to the hospital, and he got out mm-hmm. Tuesday. And I'm like, I've been struggling with my emotions for you know, weeks and when I called the hospital and he didn't want to talk to me, I just kind of then knew, but I was still like, but do I leave him? Is yeah. he, does he know what does he is doing? Um, but she's telling me he should he should have never even been out of the hospital. He should be fixed in the hospital, right. that he shouldn't be alone. He shouldn't be around. He's got a three year old child. Mm. She's just like convinced that he shouldn't be doing all these things. The mom thinks he's doing just fine she hasn't mentioned how the sister, the other sister that I used to talk to a lot, how, you know, how she feels about anything, but, um, that's really, yeah. So,
0: so what I'm curious about is what inside of you even, Mm -hmm. even got this far. Right. Right. Because that's another
1: question. Yes.
0: And that's the question I'm most interested in because we're really talking to you. We're not talking about him. Right.
1: Right. Right. And so
0: at the first moment, there was a threat or anything that made you feel uneasy. And I bet if we track back the past year, you probably saw some other signs here or there that made you feel uneasy. Yeah. So what do you think inside of you keeps you in a situation like that?
1: And that's the part that I'm not fully sure of. I mean, I, you know, listen to your podcast all the time and I've been thinking about like the inner child and everything. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to, you know, go back for as far as I can remember. And uh, my mom passed away when I was 26. I'm 30. So just four years ago. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I feel like once I was getting really into the groove of my adulthood, I, yeah. you know, she she passed away. So I I'm have sorry. questions that, well, Thank you. I, well, they won't get answered, but I, but I have to answer them myself. Um, and me and my sister only have one sibling from both my parents, um, and we are very close in age. She's only eighteen or seventeen months older than me, um, but it's just us two. But we're not speaking. Um, Where's your dad? So a lot of my dad is a lot older. So my parents were seventeen years apart. So my dad, my mom was fifty five. My dad was seventy. 72 when she passed away. So he's kind of, when she passed away, he started to really deteriorate uh, mentally. Um, So he's not really able to answer the questions that I would want to ask her. Um, And I believe that he's in denial in a lot of, in a lot of, uh, with a lot of things that happen. Can I ask you something? Mm -hmm. So
0: a lot of times this, the pattern that I'm seeing, you know, with you, just from what you shared Oftentimes Mm -hmm. it comes from deciding, feeling low self-worth at some point in life Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. deciding that the best way that you get value in the world is like making sure other people are okay. Yes. Can you
1: see that as a pattern? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I was getting to, uh, when I was in kindergarten, I had a friend named Alicia and she was a quadriplegic. She was, uh, I think it was spina bifida, I believe, mm-hmm. is what she had. And I begged and pleaded, like, oh, my God, for days to let my, for my mom to let her spend the night over our house. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please, Mom, I love her. She's my best friend. I know she's in a wheelchair, but please, please, please. And Mom's like, I don't know what to do. It's like, wow. mm-hmm. But finally, she said, sure, she could stay the night. And, of course, Alicia came over, and she cried the whole time. And Alicia's mm. mother had to pick her up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. But my mom always brought that up. She, all, like, throughout my whole life, like, she mm. would always bring up how I always gravitated towards, like, people that weren't like me. People that, mm. um, that I... That, I don't know, like, I just, like, I don't know if I felt bad for them or mm-hmm. what it is, but I still know, and I'm a, I'm a nurse. Like,
0: yeah, I, I was going to ask that. I'm not <laughs> surprised.
1: <laughs> and, like, I am a very compassionate nurse, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I do separate, like, I try not to get too overly involved in my work, because it's, it's a lot, but um it, it, it's just, it's very fitting, I would yeah. say. Yeah, and. But I've been this way my
0: whole life. Can I? Yeah, I I, I probably can see the pattern. A lot of your relationships, I think you haven't felt like your needs were being met. So again, here's what I love about you. You're such a lover. (laughs) You are a natural, like, archetype of nurse, caregiver, like Mother Teresa, kind of beautiful. Like, see the people that hurt and want to take them all in. And your heart breaks Mm -hmm. for people and you feel helpless. So you just want to do something. That's exactly it. But the problem with that, I don't want to say the problem, but the sort of risk with that is that we don't have boundaries and we end on, we end up taking so much on. And so I would say that you're a massive empath and you feel deeply and where we have to work as empaths is not to go into sympathy, not to feel sorry for people and not to feel like it's our job to fix them. Because in a way, I think part of how you deal with how much you feel in the world is you just want to do something. You just want to take care of people. You probably felt so sad for Alicia um, and mm-hmm. you saw her spirit, you saw her soul and you you just wanted to make her feel normal to yep, the, to the point did. of like begging your mom for a slumber party. And this mm-hmm. is where... Boundaries in terms of of remembering, like we're not God, we are, but we're not right. right? We all have God within us, but we're not. And Mm -hmm. not thinking it's your job to save everyone, because guess who suffers at the end of the day? You. I'm I'm
1: raising my hand. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah. because I have
1: been. Yeah, very much. And my thing is like, I struggle with knowing when to say when. That has been, and me and my best friend, we are almost the same person. <laughs> like, I, I like to say that, like, mm-hmm. we will be on the phone for hours saying like, well, I mean, is it, do we walk away now? Or like, do we yeah. stay or like, do what do, you, what do we do? Is that mean? Or is that like, are we doing too much? Like, girl. Yeah. So it's when to say when, I don't know when to say okay. when, like, let, boring, boring, me boring. Boring. let me see if I can help you with yeah.
0: that. Let me see if I can help you with that.
1: So do you have
0: a moment like with boyfriend, for example, can you remember mm-hmm. a specific moment where you got that ding of "ooh, something ain't right here"? Oh my god, yes. Okay, that's when yep. you go. I have
1: a very specific moment right now. Yes, <laughs> that's I, when you I go. Think of
0: yes. So you okay? So let me ask you this: As a nurse, do you work yes. in the ER? What? What do you work in? No,
1: I work in a nursing home now. I was just a flight attendant for two years. And since COVID, I decided to step away. So I'm back in a nursing home. Okay. So
0: if someone starts like redlining, Mm -hmm. do you like wait 10, 15, 20
1: minutes before you go Mm -hmm. in? No. 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 Why? Because those seconds are valuable. You need every moment.
0: Exactly. That's the whole point of the alarm is you react immediately.
1: Otherwise,
0: right. something bad's going to happen, or it's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So that first ding you feel of "some ain't mm-hmm. right," I'm being taken advantage of, or this isn't safe, or I'm losing myself here, or I'm kind of a ad- that. I know you know that feeling. I want mm-hmm. you to imagine that's redlining, like okay. that's a that's, and you have to act immediately. So this is where I'm calling in like that nurse part of you that can act quickly when you know there's right. an emergency and we know something's not right. Mm-hmm. And I want you to act as soon as you hear that. And that the hard part will be you will worry about how the other person's going to feel. Yeah. And this is the this is the unhealthy part of this beautiful archetype that you have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that in so many ways, you're not living fully into your gifts because to be an empath and to care so deeply, that's a gift. But because you don't have boundaries and because your own self-care gets last on the list, you can't live fully into the fullest expression of that gift because you get hooked up into situations where like there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. Now often the best thing to do is leave. And I'm sure you saw with boyfriend his pain, his suffering, like you saw his essence, and there was there's this part of you that thinks, "Well, my love will help." Yeah. And the truth is, it, it, it only can when someone's ready for the help. And you your work is to discern, okay, is this a red line? Someone's red lining, or do I have a green light? like this person's Mm -hmm. receiving help. This feels Mm -hmm. balanced. This feels loving. I don't feel depleted. I don't feel like I'm a doormat. I don't feel like I'm unsafe. But Mm -hmm. as soon as you get that red line alarm, Barbara, it's going to be so important for you to be like, I'm out.
1: Emergency. I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally been my pattern for every single relationship that I've been in, even like the little... swings (laughs) swings yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that lasted too long like it's yeah. always 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 that yeah I know but something isn't right and I'll still just give them the benefit of the doubt basically yeah. and yeah. stick around until it's to the point where I have no choice kind of like where I am right now like exactly. I, I, yes I do have a choice but it's just like you can you're gonna spend your whole life waiting to see if his brain starts working normally yes. you yes. know or but, well you and know, if you're safe And if you're safe,
0: you know, so we don't want things to get to this point. The alarm went off months ago and you didn't listen. It was like two months, two months into
1: our relationship.
0: So that's when you got to work with little Barbara and say, okay, little Barbara, I know you love, I know you care. And I love that about you. And we're not safe here anymore. We got to go. We got to give this Mm -hmm. person back to God. Mm -hmm. They're not ours to save.
1: I try very, very hard not to be mean to myself about that. I remember the night that I realized that it was time for me to walk away and I stayed. I actually said to him, I said, you know, and I said his name, I was like, there has been times in the past where I would be presented with the opportunity, the perfect opportunity to walk away. And I stayed and I said to him, I said, I feel like I am at that point right now. And I feel like I'm making a bad decision by staying. And he just looked at me and just was like, I'm so sorry. And I love you. I'm not going to do anything to hurt you again. Like I will not do this again. And I trusted that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it was only maybe a month and a half after that it happened again. So I want you to trust
0: your own intuition over what anybody Mm -hmm. else says. Because again, there's there's probably some self-worth stuff. There's probably yeah. some father stuff. There's probably mm-hmm. some I get my value in the world by being good and taking care of people and putting my needs second. And then there's also your life purpose and mission of of being a nurturer and being love. Mm-hmm. But I want that to go. To a place where it matters. Like I want that to go to people and missions that really can receive all the goodness you have to offer. You yeah. know, like you see people who are are lost and and like like this boyfriend. Like he, all this love came at him, and he's not ready for it. He he can't yeah. he can't handle it. And you got to the point where you felt unsafe multiple times in the relationship. So it's, it's telling yourself, okay, I've got all this goodness and I need to direct it in places that are healthy for me, in places that will receive it, in places right. where I actually can make a difference. I can't keep picking up, you know, because of my low self-worth projects and trying to prove mm-hmm. my worth by rescuing someone that like has lower self-worth than me. Right. So I'm really going to call you forward and first say, I'm sorry that you went through this. I'm sorry he's going through this. It's a, it's a yucky situation. And I really stand with you in saying, this is not my job. This is not my role to stay. I'm gonna bless him. I'm gonna send him love. I'm gonna pray for his healthcare providers, his family. And I'm gonna document what happened just to keep myself safe. And this is my line in the sand. And I'm gonna pay attention to that red line because I'm a nurse and I know what warning signs mean and I'm trained yeah. to look for warning signs. You are trained to look for, even as a flight attendant, you're trained right. to look for <laughs> warning signs. You, yeah. So you know how to do this, Barbara. And I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm giving you, not that you need permission, but full permission, encouragement, and just like woman to woman, you know, light worker to light worker, like you, you have amazing gifts and they're being muted by getting yourselves yeah. in situations where you're sacrificing yourself. Mm-hmm. So I want you to really put you and little Barbara first to remind yourself that your worth is not in taking care of others, that you your self-care is your number one priority, that you will give from your overflow of love, but you will not give from depleting yourself anymore. And the First, any alarm, any warning sign, any ding, 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 any flashing light, any yeah. of that, you spot it and you, you're you out, you change something. You don't yeah. keep doing the same thing because you know as a nurse and a flight attendant, if warning signs go mm-hmm. off and you just sit there, plane's going to crash or someone's going to die. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. you know how to do this. And I'm really calling you forward to do this for yourself because it's time you're only 30. You've got a lot of life ahead of you. It'd be real nice to break this pattern now and maybe have your best friend listen to this podcast as well. And maybe yeah. you guys can come up with a code word, like code blue or something, I don't okay. know, something <laughs> where if you see each other doing that you can say it. And and together yeah. you really work on boundaries and not being people pleasers and you know, self-love and maybe you take the inner child workshop together or just something to help you guys because I love that you have this beautiful friendship and it friends okay. that grow together and heal together. Oh my gosh. Talk about soulmates and soul family. Yes. Like that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. what I call her. Yeah. She's my
1: soulmate.
0: Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> yes. Well, it, she sounds like a beautiful support system. And I just encourage both of you to really
1: make these self-honoring choices together. Yeah, definitely will. I mean, the last thing, um, I know we only got a couple minutes, but I just always wonder like, but, but how, how do I move forward? How do I feel better? How do I, do? and that's another thing. Like, I'm like, I don't want to get into another relationship in order to feel better because that's what I normally do. Good. Um, Correct. So you don't want to do that. I'm like, so how? Yeah. I've cried. I've journaled. Oh my God. I've got like three composition notebooks that I've started. I mean, that yeah, that I've just filled up. Since he's been in the hospital. Yeah. And uh, yesterday was my angry day. Yesterday Good. I just I looked at my photo album, I was looking at pictures of him, and I just was like, ah, oh,
0: F you. Like, Good. I,
1: just, like I was That's probably mad
0: where you need to get. I would uh, here's what I would do I would write yeah. a list of all the like logical reasons why this is not a fit. Yeah. And also like know that you're not really grieving him. You're actually grieving pieces of you that you lost in that relationship. yeah. And so the best way to move on is to move into a massive self-love plan, self-care plan. I'm glad you're working with a therapist. And I would yes. say to therapists, like, okay, I want to get to know little Barbara. I want to know my patterns and I want to know how to take care of myself. Like I do others, you know, how to do this. You do it right. for other people all the time. Now mm-hmm. it's time, just, just time to do it for you. Right. You can do right. it. These changes aren't easy because they don't feel natural, but they I know don't. you can. Listen, oh, if you weren't ready, it's my love. Hard. I know. Well, it's hard because it's unfamiliar. We don't want to affirm it's hard. Yeah. If right. you weren't capable and you weren't ready and you weren't wanting this, you and I would not be on this conversation right now. Very true. We wouldn't. Very you wouldn't. Because you knew before we got on the call what I was going to say.
1: Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Exactly. So if you weren't ready to hear it and you didn't agree, we would not be having this conversation. So trust that. Trust you're on the most aligned path back to you making you a priority.
1: That I am doing. I'm just I have to stay courageous through this. Courageous and
0: committed. Yep.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You
0: can do it. You can do it. Thank
1: you so, so, so much for
0: this. You are amazing. Mm, So are you. Thank you so much, Barbara. You are such a love, such a heartfelt, caring, beautiful person. I could feel that from the moment we started talking and that's a beautiful, amazing gift. Barbara's heart and your heart. Yes. I'm talking to you who's listening right now is absolutely amazing. I love how much you love. I love how much you care. I love how much you feel people. And that's a beautiful gift. Being able to nurture and care and be empathetic and feel what others are going through is a gift. And with any gift that comes with a price or a, hmm, how do we want to say, And I want to say liability. It comes with, how about this? It comes with a learning opportunity. Yes, that's much better. So with the gift of being incredibly empathic and caring comes a learning opportunity of boundaries, of not loving another and caring for another so much that we lose sight of ourselves. And that's really what Barbara was up against in this last relationship and really has been a pattern her whole life. Now I didn't Dig into her childhood so much. And there are a few reasons for that. One, I feel into what the person needs most. And it felt like what Barbara needed most today was that present day, real time this is what will most serve you. This is what you most need to do for your own well being. Here's the pattern to break. And also, she, you know, is just in therapy this awareness and taking this big step is new. And so it's not always appropriate to dive deep into past or bring someone deep into their emotion when in the moment they need to take action in their present day. So that's why I kept things to not digging too much in her past, but really talking about the pattern and bringing her awareness to that. And I trust that in therapy, and she continues in her journey, there'll be more healing with that inner child and those deeper emotions. And without digging, there's probably a pattern that goes way back to childhood of thinking her worth and her value comes in taking care of others and making sure others are okay. And maybe really not feeling nurtured and cared for by others, especially the masculine or her father. And I would guess that because that's where this pattern is showing up, is showing up in relationships with men, especially. So here you have Barbara, who's this incredible caretaker. She's a nurse. She's a flight attendant. Both of these professions are all in serving other people, making sure other people are okay. And then she finds herself in a relationship that from the bits that she shared sounded quite unhealthy. Now, I want to just speak to the fact that I was encouraging her. Well, really I was encouraging her to follow her own intuition. I didn't give her any advice and I didn't go in the direction I did until I had her tune into what she felt was the most self-honoring choice. And that was to leave the relationship. Now, some of you may think, well, that poor man, he's mentally ill. He deserves support. Yes, but not from Barbara. Here's why. One, there were some unhealthy, toxic, bordering on dangerous things that were happening. Two, he's got family around him. So there there are people. Three, Barbara's running some codependent caretaking patterns and she probably wouldn't be the best person to support him because she'd lose herself in that. And often when people that are over caretakers go in and try to help somebody who needs to find their own empowerment, it can get a little messy. So it didn't feel like it truly was for her highest good to stay in this relationship or quite frankly, the highest good of ex-boyfriend. Sounds like he really needs time to focus on his own mental health. But even before this episode, we went way back and discovered that there were red flags in this relationship, as I suspected, before this mental breakdown. And that was the key lesson for Barbara and the key lesson for all of you in this episode is... Do not deny those warning signs. I'm reminded of a quote from one of my favorite people, Maya Angelou. When someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And Barbara wasn't. She would see these warning signs. Someone would show her who they are and she wouldn't listen. She wouldn't leave. She wouldn't take herself out of those situations she'd convince herself that through her love or through her caretaking, things could change. And usually that's not the case. And since Barbara's a nurse, I wanted to give her a very real example of why it's so important to respond to those first warning signals. And with nursing experience, she knows, and and with flight attendant experience, when an alarm goes off, you don't just sit around and wait to see what happens. You don't just sit around and go, oh, well, maybe their heart will just start beating again on its own. I'll just sit here and wait it out. No, you respond. So I'm asking Barbara and I'm asking all of you, respond. When you get those warning signals about a person, about a situation, when something feels off, got to break that pattern of thinking, oh, well, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. So I'm just going to sit here and just let the alarm keep going off. And in the end, I'm the one that's going to get hurt and it's going to get harder and harder to leave. So trust those alarms when they first go off. And I get it's challenging. And if you really want to step into your gifts as healers, empaths, teachers true caregivers without depleting yourself. In order for those gifts to really flourish, you have to break the pattern of giving them to dead end roads. You have to break the pattern of giving so much you're depleting yourself, not only your energy, but your own self-care, self-worth and self-love. So let's break the cycle of giving to dead ends and nourish those gifts and use those gifts in ways they really can be received. So some takeaways for you, I want you to think about what are warning signs you've gotten in your life in the past about a person or a situation that wasn't truly aligned and you ignored them. And what are warning signs you can start to look at? Look at that pattern of overgiving and people pleasing and know that your self-worth and your value as a human being does not come from Taking care of others. And if you are in a helping profession, and that profession could be parenthood, make sure you set away time. Doesn't have to be tons of time, just quality time and focus time where you can take care of yourself and fill your own cup. Because all of you that have the gift, being empathetic, being nurturing, being loving, we need you right now. And you're not going to be any good to anybody else, especially yourself if you're totally depleted. Self-care is a non-negotiable. Sending you all lots of love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode.